Welcome to episode 36 of How About Them Huskies. I'm Connor, joined by Matt, Andrew, and Matt. And after a little two-week or so break, we're back with the second episode after UConn won the national championship. It's been a great two weeks. It's finally sunk in for all of us, I'm sure, even the players, too. It's, it's a great accomplishment. But we're on to next season already. Basketball, college basketball doesn't sleep with the recruiting. The transfer portal, we'll get into that. A lot of guys are leaving. It's a lot to talk about. We're going to try to break it down for you guys, and let's just get into it. So our last episode, I'm pretty sure we that was after Hawkins announced that he's leaving. He's going pro. So that's where we left off. But since then, Adama Sonogo, the final four most outstanding player, he's departing. He's declared for the NBA draft. And I'm pretty sure it hasn't been confirmed, but rumors are he's not coming back. I don't know if he's keeping his college eligibility just in case, but Hurley's made it clear that he's not playing college anymore. Also, Andre Jackson declared. But he kept his eligibility, so he has until May 31st to decide. Same with Tristan Newton, who also, in that declaration, he confirmed he would be coming back to college if he doesn't go pro. So Newton would be back for his COVID year, which would be huge for this team. And a couple of transfers, uh, Richie Springs entered the portal. He had four years in the program. It's I love Richie. I'm sure we all do. He's a fan favorite. If he doesn't get in much, he helps the team so, so, so much. You have... Nahima Lean, who transferred, we'll talk about where he went in a little bit, kind of not really backstabbing, but interesting, another interconference transfer, and let's see who else we got here, Yaron Hassoun, he didn't play much, he was a practice player for us, he has the average, I believe, 12 fouls per 40, which is not sustainable wherever he goes to his next destination, but we wish him luck, he's a national champion, and obviously Joey Calcaterra, his eligibility is gone, so that's eight. That's eight players from last year's squad out of 13 that won't be here next year. So I just want to hear your guys' thoughts on what's went down over the past couple of weeks. How are you feeling? Well, personally, I first want to start uh, with Naheem Aline. I'm really happy that I didn't see any slander towards him about his commitment to St. John's because, yes, it's an interconference transfer, but this isn't like the Corey Floyd situation. You know, I'm going to stay with my ridiculously stupid take about how cool he paid him to go there um, and spy on UConn first before going to Providence. It's probably not true, but I like thinking of stupid things like that. Um, but this is more like in a cook, a cook situation where, you know, he had, he was having a great career at UConn, but his role just became unknown. You know, he, he didn't know what his role was going to be. So Patrick Ewing told him, if you come to Georgetown, you're going to play 32, 34 minutes a night. And all of a sudden he was at Georgetown. It's the same thing with Aline. I'm sure Patino, when he was recruiting him, told him that he had a spot in the starting lineup. That's good enough for him to hear, and he's going to St. John's because at this point in his career, it's his last year, he's probably not going to play in the NBA. Um, he may play pro somewhere, but, you know, this is this is most likely the end of the line for him. So he wants to spend his last year somewhere where he knows he's going to play. So um, I think that's the one that's going to end up hurting the most, though, because he is a really good player, and he's going to do great things for St. John's. But I'm happy to see him. Uh, go where he wants to and where he's going to play. But in our hearts, he's always a national champion. And in my heart, he's always a Husky legend because of of how he overcame a bunch of different things this season. Yeah, and it's definitely sad to see some guys go. But um, I really like Sonogo going pro. Obviously, it's a great time for him to go. Um, He just put together like almost a flawless um March Madness run. So it's definitely a great time for him to leave. Tristan Newton's a guy who I'd really like to see us get back. I don't know if he'll get drafted. It's hard to say. Um, we were just talking about before the show how he 
he has to have a similar summer to how Tyrese Martin did last year. I think Matt said that, and that's very true. He just has to um, do some good things, maybe at a combine or something, or at some invitational this summer. But uh, I think we also have a loaded freshman class coming in, and people are underestimating that as well. And um, that could be huge. Yeah, and I bet the decision for Sonogo to go uh, was entirely his. I mean, if he had the option, I feel like maybe he would come back for one more. Uh, just out of loyalty to UConn and Dan Hurley. But we've seen in the past Danny Hurley um, kind of pushes players out the door when he knows they're ready because he doesn't want them wasting any time or, you know, waste any uh, youth because these guys aren't getting any younger, especially Adama as a junior. Uh, his value is the highest it's ever going to be right now. I said the same thing with Andre. Um, they are not going to be any be drafted any higher next year than they will this year. So especially Adama coming off of this performance, Hurley is just telling him, get out because we got other dudes who need to play now. Donovan Klingon and such, but mainly because he's going to get paid uh, wherever he goes. He's going to be making a decent amount of money, um, especially, you know, he will get drafted. We'll see what happens first round, second round. But Hurley, I guarantee you, is saying a little bit of something about, hey, uh, you should probably leave because there's not a spot for you here if you decide to come back. I want to talk about Aline real quick here. And I guess, I don't know the correct word. I was thinking how to phrase it. I guess it's frustrating because Aline, he entered the portal on April 13th, 10 days ago. And I assume he was, I don't know about under the impression, but everyone was saying Andre's running it back. Newton's going to come back. We're going to get Nick Timberlake. We can get into that in a little bit. That that kind of hurt, but at the same time, we move on. But I'm sure Aline saw that if all those guys enter, he's just going to be the sixth, seventh man again, getting 15 to 18 minutes, and that's not what he wants. So he left. But then, what, five days later, Jackson declares. And then the day after that, Newton, and that same day, we don't get Timberlake. So I feel like if the order there was reversed, I feel like Aline would stay seeing he has a chance to start next year alongside guys like Stefan Castle, Caravan, Klingon. I mean, it's just frustrating that that's the order of events. I mean, he's so he was so crucial to this team as the, the true sixth man. Like like Andrew said, we all wish him well. It's when St. John's comes to Connecticut and we go to the garden, I'm sure there's gonna be no booze for Nahim Aline from UConn fans. That like he's just a fan favorite. Even if the people were against him early in the season in the non-conference when he struggled, but he really picked it up when it mattered most. And now, now I want to talk about the incoming freshman class a little bit because I, I mentioned Castle. He's going to start from day one. But, I mean, I want to know what you guys think about the rest of them, like who's going to play, who's going to not. Because Hurley, he, sometimes we see it's not rare that he plays freshman. Last year was certainly an exception with two pretty much starters, Caravan and Klingon. Klingon would have started in probably 99% of other schools in the country. But, I mean, what do you guys think? I feel like I'll give my opinion real quick first. I think Solo Ball has to play. I mean, he's a top 40 prospect, top 30 even maybe. I feel like Jalen Stewart will play. He's a good scorer. He's a top 100 guy. But after that, I'm not too sure. I mean, Jaden Ross has impressed me. He's I've, I saw him more as a – not a filler guy, but he's actually number 80-something, I'm pretty sure, on ESPN. He's really, really wowed. And Yusuf Singare, he's playing in the uh, the overtime elite league, I'm pretty sure. I see him kind of as a Samson Johnson clone in a way, and he doesn't. Hurley didn't really play Samson, so I'll be curious to see where that one goes. 
So I've done a lot of work um, looking at this class, you know, watching film of their games. And what I have to say about this class is that I think it's going to be one of the most talented of all time. I mean, Castle is in his own class, really. But, you know, uh, Jay Ross and Solo Ball played on the same uh, AAU team. So they've already got good chemistry. They're both very good players. Really surprised me, especially Jay Ross. I mean, I, I agree with Connor here. I thought he was going to be kind of just a filler, you know, a, a tall wing off the bench. But, no, he he can get some significant playing time next year if he really makes a mark on himself. I kind of see him being in a situation like Caravan. And before I get absolutely flamed for this, and no way am I saying he's going to start from day one. Um, but Caravan worked his way into that starting spot after Samson Johnson went down. And obviously I'm not wishing on any injuries or anything like that. I'm just saying that I can see Jaden Ross working into a starting spot or not even a starting spot, like a, a role spot, you know, I'm um, kind of like a lean off the bench or somebody like that. But I am a little bit worried about uh, Singare and Jalen Stewart because they do seem a little bit disconnected from the team, you know, there's that five uh, Fab Five photo um, filtering out there. But, you know, Castle, Ross, and Ball were at games together. Um, I know Jalen Stewart does go to school in Washington, uh, so it wasn't very easy to get to Connecticut. And then Singare, I know, does live close to Connecticut, but I don't believe he was at any of the games. So that's the only thing that really worries me. But I'm sure by the time we get to the summer and these guys are, are full throttle at practice, we'll be fine. But I think this class is – what a lot of people are forgetting about, you know, all these players. Um, yeah, they are leaving, but this class is ranked third in ESPN for next year. So I'm really, I'm really excited to see what these kids have because winning a national championship and going to a team that won a national championship the year before you get there, it's got to be a really big boost of confidence that you signed to a national champion. You know, they've, they've got to be thrilled to get to stores. So I'm really excited to see, uh, see what they can do. And I've got I've got big hopes for him. Yeah, I have a feeling we're going to see a lot of uh, ball and castle here. Castle very fundamentally sound. If you look on twenty four seven sports, uh, the second highest ranked recruit we've ever gotten, uh, right behind Rudy Gay, of course. Uh, I don't know why I said of course. Uh, it's kind of the last guy I feel like you would think of, but yeah, I feel like we'll see a lot of those two. The other three uh, really depends, in my opinion, on who decides to come back, who comes in through the portal. And uh, other other things such as, you know, we signed someone else, uh, possibly. I can't see that happening, but I, I have a feeling we're going to see a lot of ball and castle. Part of me feels like ball starts day one if everything stays as is, if Jackson's gone, if Newton's gone. I think it's going to be ball and castle, mainly just because they're two freshmen. You kind of want to put them together to learn together, um, especially clinging out there. That's three young guys right there who I think can all make such a difference. But I, I I like the explosiveness of Ball. Um, Ball gives me one and done vibes more than Castle does, specifically because of what he brings to the table. The dude can jump out of the gym. He can shoot it from all over the place. He's he's a playmaker. He's six three, six four. So, you know, I, I have really good and high expectations for uh, Solo Ball here. But uh, the other two guys, I I especially with you know Springs and. Uh, Hassan going out, I I feel like some of them might fit more of a filler role like Connor was talking about where, you know, they sit on the bench. If opportunity presents itself, um, you know, they're going to get the first shot in. I feel as if, you know, they'll have a bit of a higher role than Hassan and Springs and those guys. But like we said, you know, we're national champions. You kind of have to be a little ruthless with your roster here and you got to do what you have to do to, 
make your team better. And if it's, you know, having these guys play 15 minutes, you know, so be it. But if, you know, they're not playing as much five minutes a game, then, I mean, you roll with it. But uh, those two, Castle and Ball, I have really, really high expectations for possibly both one and dones. Yeah, and there's definitely some roster spots open. And I could honestly see a guy like Jaden Ross um, surprising some people. Definitely Jaden Ross. I actually saw some highlights on him. And as far as I'm concerned with the eyeball test, he kind of played like Tyrese Martin, maybe making plays on the ball and a lot of breakaway dunks that I saw from him. And um, as far as Solomon Ball goes, he's definitely another guy who you're really looking at and he could be in the starting lineup next year. I don't know if he could be a starter. It depends on what roster moves we make, but if things keep up at this pace in the transfer portal, which I really don't feel like they will, because if Dan Hurley um, kind of after seeing the success he had with the transfer portal last year, I feel like he is making some moves right now. And we're just not hearing much, but he's definitely a guy who could go in there and play a lot of minutes, just getting in the rotation as a guard. And um, Stefan Castle is going to be a guaranteed starter. I feel like he's just got like a great frame. Uh, he's so college ready. And there was games I saw when he was playing in some prep tournaments. I think it was in Springfield at the Hoop Hall Classic. And he was playing some really good teams and he was the best player on the court. He's very ready to play at this level. And yeah, I don't really know much about Yusuf Singare, if I'm being honest, but uh, I hope he surprises me. But he's kind of the lowest recruit in this class, maybe just a roster filler. But I, I really hope he surprises me. Now, with this recruiting class, you know, this is something that we didn't have last year. You know, last year after our first round exit, you know, there were a lot of uncertainties. You know, Martin and Cole and Whaley and Polly all declared for the draft. We lost Gaffney and a Cook and Diggins and Corey Floyd. So we're kind of in the same situation. But the difference here from last year to this year is we know what we're getting last year. You know, last year was, oh, great. Our starting lineup consists of uh, – of Jackson and Sonogo and Hawkins and God knows who's playing point guard. Um, and we've got these two kids from Massachusetts and Connecticut coming in and we have no idea where we're going to be like, well, Dan Hurley, as I forget who said, I believe it was Connor or Matt really, really killed the transfer portal, getting us new in Diara Aline and the late commitment of Calcaterra. So this year, this brings me to my point with Nick Timberlake. Um, you know, I saw people, you know, on Twitter, damn near crying that we didn't get him. Um, I hate to break it to you, but it's not the end of the world that we didn't get him. I mean, he's going to Kansas. They're a great program. They won the national championship just last year. So, you know, I'm sure he's a great player. I wish him all success, but we shouldn't be crying over the fact that we didn't get a fifth-year transfer from Towson. Um, you know, we are the na the reigning national championship um, champions with the third-ranked recruiting class coming in who already know all these guys. So I, I don't know. I feel like the whole the whole Timberlake thing, and, you know, it would have been nice to have him, but I feel like the whole him not coming here thing is just way too much of an overreaction, in my opinion. And I just want to touch on the fact that, you know, four of these five guys are top 100 recruits. All of them, except Singare, are top 100 recruits. And you look back to a few years ago to when James Booknight and Jalen Gaffney and such were coming in, these were all highly coveted players of ours. Book Knight wasn't top 25. Gaffney was, I think Book Knight was below 50. Same with the Cook and same with Gaffney. And these were all kind of game changers for us. So I feel like we've kind of made big strides forward in terms of recruiting. Even since then, even before we won the national championship, 
because we have four dudes coming in who all crack top 100 and they're how many of them are going to be playing one or two like two of them i i'm not too sure about the other two but you know that's a good thing because that gives us that gives our squad great competition and that gives us a lot to look forward to in terms of recruiting showing that you know maybe instead of getting you know five four stars or four four stars and one five star you know maybe in a few years we're looking at we're looking at two three five stars and one four star so in a matter of time, you know, I feel like things will improve. Things will get better as they already have, you know, and you haven't even really realized. I feel like as a fan base, we're coming, we're becoming kind of spoiled, you know, with recruits and such as, you know, bringing all these guys, you know, you win a national championship. And now we have dudes coming in who are in the top 70 who just aren't even going to play. So, you know, I, I really like to see that, but, you know, I love to see them play too. Yeah, I feel like Singari, I said, I see him as like filling Sampson's role as not playing as the big on the bench, but he averaged, he was one of two players in overtime elite, which is, it's a new league, but it's also has two top 10 picks in the NBA draft, the Thompson twins. And I'm not sure the pronunciation is hundred percent on the first names. I'm not going to try it, especially the one. I know I think it's a man and maybe Osar, Osar, I'm not sure. So, but that, that's two top 10 picks in this NBA draft coming up that are coming from that league and Singari averaged a double, double 11 and 10. So I mean, we'll see if he plays like Matt said. I don't, I'm not too sure, but we're in a fine spot. Like we've been saying, we won the national championship almost three weeks ago, which is crazy to say looking at the calendar. But we're bringing back some very solid pieces. We're bringing back Caravan, we're bringing back Klingon. Diara was in the rotation up until that championship game. Samson, like we said, we're not really sure what we're going to get from him, but he started last year on opening night. You can't, can't overlook that one. And also Apostolos Rumaglu, the last scholarship player coming back, which I'm glad. I, I feel like he has decent potential. I'm not saying he'll get any run, I mean, but he's a legit like 6'8", six, 6'9", six, ball handler from Greece. I mean, why not? Why not throw him out there for a little bit? Maybe maybe Hurley's not reaching out to anybody, at least publicly in the transfer portal, because we have our starting shooting guard, Apostolos. But I, I'd like him to get a couple of guys. I'm sure they're certainly talking with transfers, just not – not in the in the spotlight. Obviously, Timberlake was highly, highly like out there. Everyone thought he was coming here. He's from Massachusetts, from New England. He took a visit here, and then after that visit, canceled his remaining visits. It was like, oh, he's going here. He's seen enough. He's sold, and then he goes to Kansas. So, I mean, it's not the end of the world, like you said. It's a he's a Towson transfer, which I feel like we're bashing him. If we got him, we wouldn't be saying that. But you look at it the way it is. I mean, he he would start probably for us next year. He's turning 25 in August. He's had a long career. But we move on. I mean, Hurley and Kamani Young, Luke Murray, Tom Moore, they all they all know their guys. Like, we got Joey Calcaterra, who was one of the most important pieces to our team. We got him out of nowhere in June after camp had already started. So I'm, I'm very confident in the staff. Speaking of uh... – of Kamani Young. I don't think we've heard any buzz on him in the past couple of weeks. So I, I feel like he's actually going to stay with us, which is a huge, huge win in my book to have him staying with the program. You know, obviously it would be very sad if he left for a head coaching job, but he is more than deserving of it. You know, he's brought in a bunch of great players. You know, he really helped bring in book night. Um, I believe he helped bring in Singare because he's from the same area as he is, but I just, I'm happy that he's staying. But anyways, that's not necessarily the point I wanted to make. I wanted to touch on what Connor posted yesterday. You know, most of you probably follow his Instagram. Malik Thomas 
is the third or fourth ranked player in 2025 who just earned an offer from us. And he, he seems like, I don't, I didn't really do my research to see if, if he does this for everybody's comments, but you know, he, he liked Connor's post. He liked my comment that said, this is home. So I'm really curious to see what, uh, what he does, but the videos I've seen of him, I mean, he looks absolutely filthy. just want to see what you guys have to uh, say about that. Yeah, and obviously just adding talent um, would be great in 2025. I haven't seen much of him, but um, that's obviously a great thing. I really think we're going to start landing some higher recruits. I know we just touched on this, but as far as the transfer portal is concerned, um. I definitely like that Dan Hurley ha doesn't have much buzz going around right now because last year, um, like Connor said, he was just landing recruits kind of out of nowhere, kind of guys that were taking a little longer to make their decisions, and he put together a really good team with that. And um, obviously he knows how big it was that he went into the transfer portal and brought in four really solid players for us last year. After the year before that, he didn't bring in any transfers really. And it just was not a great team that got bounced in the first round. There were some serious depth problems with that team. Um, like Connor was saying, I totally trust that he's just going to have a roster that he knows is competitive. Uh, I feel like he has the capabilities to do that, and he will. But he's seen enough good basketball at this point to understand what he needs to bring in next year. And I feel like he'll get the job done. Yeah, you know, if we do manage to bring in Thomas, uh, that'll be back-to-back -back years. You know, we're in deep running for a top-10 recruit. This year, obviously, you know, for 2024, we're looking at Boogie Flan. Uh, that would be a huge one. You know, if Flan comes in, decides to stay more than one year, and then you bring in Thomas, I mean, I feel like you're looking at another title contender right there. Um, just the influx of talent that we've been able to, you know, be involved with, do business with, you know, possibly bring in is uh, outstanding compared to where we were a few years ago. We were kind of just shooting – you know, in the dark, hoping we would pulse in some good players, uh, you know, guys like Book Knight, you know, he worked out like we were glad a cook. Uh, he worked out for us that one year, you know, of course, he, before he went down with the injury. But, you know, I'm glad to see that we're really getting after some uh, highly touted talent um, rather than, you know, a, a few guys who we hit on and other guys who we miss on. Uh, I feel like that's partially why we went out early in March a few times, but, you know, if we get a good uh, group of guys in, this is a perennial contender. This is a team that could win multiple national championships uh, within a 10-year time period. So I'm just really excited to see, you know, what our lineup looks like in two, three years, uh, what, what that's built up of. Yeah, I saw today Malik Thomas got an offer from Duke. I'm not saying he's going to go to Duke. He's a sophomore in high school right now. He has no idea, but just seeing us offering these top five guys that Duke is offering, I'm sure he'll get offers from places like Kentucky and UNC, Kansas, all those blue bloods, which I feel like we are a blue blood. I, I said last time we're not going to get into it. I feel like we can do that in a future episode this offseason to fill some content as you kind of blue blood. But the point is, I feel like we're, we're, we didn't recruit or didn't offer some of these top 10, top five guys in the past. Like Boogie Fland, he's – He's number six. I have the ESPN rankings up for 2024. He's number six in the class. I mean, it's Castle's top 10, obviously Thomas top five. We're offering all these guys. And I feel like we're also picking and choosing our spots where to offer them. Like you see like these, like Duke, I feel like out of the top 10, they'd offer six or seven of them. I don't think that's the case with Dan Hurley. I feel like 
we, we saw Castle was the only – I'm not sure if we were in on any other top prospects for next year, but Castle was pretty much the only one, and we ended up getting him. I'm not sure if that'll be the same for these other guys coming up, but it's an interesting, interesting philosophy that Hurley and seem, seem to be working for him. Yeah, it kind of hurts when you see these top 10 recruits um, post for their top 10 and they're not putting the Yukons in there of the world. You know, that kind of hurt when I was just seeing all the Blue Bloods and no Yukon in guys' classes. Like, you know, I don't know, maybe if R.J. Barrett had Yukon in his top 10 back in the day, how that would feel or just something like that. But I think that's obviously going to start changing and all these high-profile recruits are really going to be looking at UConn and taking them seriously, which is just huge because that was really not happening for a while. And I got to give a lot of credit to Dan Hurley there for taking over a job where um, there it was not that attractive to recruits for a short period of time. So it's definitely, things are definitely starting to look up on that front. One more guy I want to touch upon in the recruiting, then we'll wrap up here. Tyler Betsy, he's from, Connecticut. He's from Windsor. He plays at St. Thomas Moore. He's a fast riser in the class of 2024. He on 24-7 sports, he was 44th in their previous update. He's now up to 24. ESPN is lacking behind. They have him at, I believe, 52. But this is a Connecticut kid. We saw last time we got a Connecticut kid, he, what, averaged 7.6 rebounds in 15 minutes. I mean, and on a national championship team, I mean, I feel like you can't miss these kids right in your backyard, especially high profile and especially that you're winning. I mean, how does – if I was a top high school recruit playing in Connecticut and the head coach of Connecticut comes to me with a national championship trophy saying, here, you can have the keys in two years. You can be our lead guy. I mean, it's hard to say no to that, I feel like. I mean, he's 6'8", 185. He's a lanky, lanky scorer, but – I just feel like you can't miss out on guys like that. I mean, I'm not, I know Chris Dunn was from Connecticut. He ended up going to Providence. I'm not too sure if we were in on him or not, but I just feel like these top Connecticut prospects, like the top 25 guys don't come around too often and you got to jump on it whenever, whenever you have the chance. Speaking of Connecticut guys, I want, you know, a guy I want to see get a lot of the runs this year, especially in the non-con games, like being the first guy off the bench, Andre Johnson. Because he is a solid player. You know, he came to Connecticut because, you know, obviously he wanted to play for really his hometown team. He went to South Kent School in, uh, uh, I don't know where it is, maybe South Kent, Connecticut. You know, I'm not too familiar with the beautiful state of Connecticut. But he he came here for a reason. You know, he got his national championship. But he's a good player. He got offered by, I think, six or seven other d one. So he's a D1 basketball player. Um, and I had seen on Twitter that Hurley might just keep, if Newton and Jackson do decide to leave, he might just keep this team together and actually allow the walk-ons to actually play because they're actually good now and we're not just giving them to people. Obviously, everybody loves them, but I got to use him for an example, Matt Gary. You know, he's at, I think, D3 and the cut now. Um, so... And he, I don't think he even played this year. But anyway, you know, we're giving our walk-ons to good players now. So, I mean, I might be the only one feeling this way, but I would love to see Andre Johnson play some more this year. Yeah, and Andre Johnson, uh, halfway through the year, a bit of a nugget. He got, uh, like, some ridiculous payday from uh, 
the, well, I can't remember what the company was, but they were they were offering them. Well, I can't remember what the money was. It was some absurd three, like five, six digit number for, you know, just being a walk on. And they did a whole thing on them talking about, you know, life as a walk on and, you know, what that's like. So, I mean, he's had a lot of press. So, I mean, maybe, you know, Hurley's seeing this and he's like, oh, you know, maybe we could get a little bit of juice out of this guy. So. We'll see, but that that was pretty fun. Uh, I can't remember what the number was. It's between two fifty and a million. I, I can't tell you what it is, but it was some ridiculous payday for a walk on for sure. Yeah, it was. It wasn't quite two fifty. You were close. It was twenty five thousand, which is still a decent amount of money for a walk on. I mean, it was with degree the deodorant company. When I was down in Houston, I mean, I you'd see these digital billboards in the city, and once in a while it would flash to a degree ad with Andre Johnson on it. And it's just like, what a world. I mean, I mean, I'm sure he'd prefer the 250, but 25K for a, for a guy who played probably 25 minutes is certainly, certainly worth it. We're happy for him. I, I, I'm not, I'm not sure he'll get rotation minutes, but Hurley did say when we got him, he's a high level practice player. And I wouldn't be surprised if he gets, especially in some of those in some of those non-conference games against like a Delaware State, a couple of minutes to see what he's worth. Now I think we're just about ready to wrap up. Before we do, I have one question for you guys. I don't want to do an analysis because we still have plenty of time until May 31st. We have plenty of time. But I'll ask you, do you think Andre Jackson comes back? Interested Newton. I want to see what you guys think on their decisions. Just simple, not yes or no, maybe a couple of words, but what do you think for them? So I've been debating this, you know, ever since they both decided to do that, which obviously we're in full support of them. So I think it's going to rely on really one thing. I think that they're going to come back if either they know they're not going to get drafted, you know, if an NBA teams say, you know what, I'm sorry, we can't take a chance on you. Um, they're going to come back because really a guy like Newton, I don't think has really anywhere else to play. You know, he can try to go to the NBA if he wants to. But I feel like the way more important one here is Jackson, who I feel like raised his stock. So I feel like, sadly, this is it for him. Um, but I do think that Newton's going to end up coming back because we do still need a true point guard. And I feel like he can be that guy. So I feel like for guys like Hawkins, Jackson, and Sonogo, you know, it's time, you know, they did what they came here to do. And now it's time to hand the ball over to Klingon, Caravan, Castle, and all the new guys coming in, you know, it's kind of sad to see it, but, you know, they did what they want to do. They won me this hat. So uh, it's, it's, it's a bittersweet kind of moment because, you know, they're, they're going what their lifetime dreams are, but um, they're doing what's best for them. So I feel like Jackson's unfortunately not going to stay, but I feel like Newton will. Yeah. I'm going to have to go the same direction, but for a different reason, um, Tristan Newton, no, I don't think he's had enough leverage to, you know, warrant a draft pick of any team. But I feel like uh, if he comes back uh, in plus more into a uh, shooting guard type of role, opposed to a point guard type of role, you know, where we saw him all year, it took him a little bit to get used to it. But, you know, if he can come back, play a full year as a shooting guard uh, and, you know, average 15 to 20 points this season, I feel like, you know, that, you know, that could be a second round draft pick. We're looking at interesting to shoot a high percentage from three. You know, that, that's a big difference maker uh, compared to what he did this year. He tended to disappear a little bit at times, especially during the season, uh, regular season. But, you know, if he comes back, he starts it to the two and he, you know, puts up decent numbers. I can definitely see him getting drafted. But for Jackson, I mean, I feel like I've been saying the same thing 
his 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 uh his value isn't getting any higher. Um he uh is not getting any older. He can jump out of the gym now. And we see players like him tend to, you know, fade off a little bit, you know, earlier than other guys in the NBA. He's not a he's not a season jump shooter. He's not, you know, great around the perimeter. And guys that come into the league that can just jump out of the gym, you know, they stick around for their five or ten years, but they usually tend to wear off. But I mean, if Jack, uh, Jackson can get the game together, um, you know, he could stick around for a while. But for right now, I feel like he goes just to get as much out of himself as he can. As far as Andre Jackson is concerned, um, I'm seeing him getting projected into like the mid second round. Uh, I feel like realistically, as Matt was saying, if he comes back to college for another year, uh, you know, he's still at that point, he's 22. I don't think he can gain from that. I think he should go to the draft now and he will get drafted. And he's a guy that could really just benefit from just getting into an NBA program as soon as possible, especially with injuries too. Uh, he is a great player, but I'm so concerned for his health sometimes because sometimes it almost felt like he was out of control athletically because <laughs> he's just, just so athletic. And he's he's done a really good job to kind of harness that and control that and kind of be like a controlled free train. But it would be really bad if he came back for a year and, you know, maybe injured himself. And then he's just leaving that NBA opportunity on the table. He really should go. Uh, he could definitely be a G leaguer. Um and we've seen some guys have some success in the G League, like Whaley and James Booknight. And uh, Andre Jackson was really a great college player in his own right, the way those guys were. I feel like he could really just show up into the G League and have success, really start developing more of an offensive game. So I think he should go. I also wouldn't be mad if he came back, but I genuinely believe he should go. But Tristan Newton, like I said earlier in the show, uh, he's just a guy who I really want back. It felt like I saw him taking that next step. Matt Matt was talking about how he figured it out, uh, the point guard role, and his playmaking was just on another level in that March run. He averaged like 10-5-5 and as the point guard for a national championship team, a really good team. So uh, I would love to have him back. But he, I don't, I don't see him getting drafted. I'm not really hearing much about him getting drafted. And like we were saying, maybe he could um, uh, put some good – tape out there for scouts this summer with some opportunities but um I don't think Andre Jackson's going to come back and I do think Tristan Newton will come back because of like what I was just saying with scouts this offseason but yeah it should be interesting I think Tristan Newton is a guy that we will get back and he could really be a huge piece of a team next year and just take a completely next step have things figured out uh being the program with another year under his belt and for me, first things first, Andre Jackson, Captain Andre, thanks for your three years here. But I feel like there's nothing left for you to prove. You won the title. You were a key player, arguably the most important player on the defensive side and facilitating rebounding. I think I feel like I, I the way he played and I feel like how he's going to shine because he always shines in the combine. And I don't know what other event he'll be playing in. I, I can't see 30 teams passing up on him in the first round. I feel like he's a first rounder, albeit a late, maybe in the 27 to 30 range. But I feel like the national championship, it really, really benefited him. I, 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 he's a late second round pick without that run, but I feel like he's, I think he's a first round pick if he, if he, and when he goes, I feel like, and for Tristan Newton, I'm kind of on the fence. I mean, 
I was thinking about the age. Uh, he's turning 22 in three days, so this, we won't have another episode before then. So early happy birthday, Tristan Newen, if you happen to be watching this. But he's turning 22. He'd be 23 for next year's draft slash going pro. And I was looking at Tyrese Martin. He was 23 last year when he went late second round to the Hawks. And he also had a phenomenal summer with all those, the PIT, the G League combine, the regular combine to get to get drafted. I I, I feel like Newton could take a similar route. Obviously, he's missed out on the Portsmouth Invitational, which has already happened. I'm not sure if it's still going on, but it definitely already started. He's missed out on that, but I don't think he'll get end up getting drafted, but I didn't think Tyrese Martin would get drafted, and he did. So if Newton comes back, I, I'm leaning no. I'm, I'm right on the fence, though. I'd probably say 60-40. It's similar to Jackson in the sense that he's proven – a lot. He came here and won a title average like seven assists per game. He also would have an expanded role as a top scorer here. So the options are there for both of them. And also I'm going to finish this off or finish the episode off on a comment Tristan Newton made on Naheem Aline's St. John's commitment post. He said, well, first off, he said, congrats gang, obviously supporting his teammate and it's in a separate comment. Let's see. He said, now I can fry you like I've been said. So do with that information what you will. He also declared two days after he said that. So it may, may mean nothing, but I feel like he would enjoy being back. Uh, we'd certainly welcome back, welcome him back. We'd certainly welcome Andre back. We'd welcome Adama back. We'd welcome Jordan Hawkins back, even though he's already gone. We welcome everyone back. Joey, I'm sure you can take a course or something and play another year, but it's definitely going to be a new chapter in UConn basketball eight scholarship guys gone but we're gonna have you covered all off season i mean we're gonna probably do once a week maybe maybe we're gonna upload every monday or may not stick to that if there's news if there's not we'll play it by ear but we're gonna shoot for the once a week uploads in the off season see how consistent that can stay we took a little break after the title but yeah we appreciate you guys listening Obviously, the season's over. I hope you continue to listen, and we hope to continue to grow the podcast. It may be tough with no games, no recaps, no why did you lose to St. John's at home and get outscored by 13. But, yeah, it'll be a fun, eventful offseason. It'll go by quick, I feel like. But, yeah, that's all I got. Thanks for watching.